something to say or have ideas for the show, tweet at songdancepod or email songdancepod at gmail.com. Let us know how we are doing. It's the Song and Dance Podcast with Michael and Rachel. It's the Song and Dance Podcast. What did we do? We, we uh, watched the 1985 contest and also the 1994 uh, Interval Act. Every day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I found out that Rubber Dance started in on um, in Eurovision, it was like, what? No. Yeah, it blew up so much. It never occurred to me that it would probably have started in something like Eurovision. I don't know why that's shocking. I guess maybe because like so much never goes like internationally famous. Yeah, because it's so big, you don't see Rubber Dance being just it started in Eurovision. Right. Like I remember when I was younger, uh, my music teacher. On International Music Day, she would show River Dance. Really? Yeah. Or the, the day she did not want to teach. Fair. Or, yeah. So she just didn't have like a video of Lion King that she showed you? She no. showed you River Dance. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> and just when I, when, yeah, when I found out what like it was like it, into it, into fallback for Year of a Trend. It was like, what is going on? No, this can't be. <laughs> I mean, it was, you know, all the things that you think of when you think of River Dance. It was all in that act. So it was clear they came up with something that people really enjoyed, like right off from the bat. Like <laughs> even the um, the uh, choir music before. I mean, that sort of I, I mentioned. It, it was about that time, I think, that like chant and the like um, Gregorian monk chanting thing was also popular. And so at first I didn't associate the performance with river dance. It was more like the Celtic woman, like chant type stuff that was really popular in the 90s. Yeah. And then when they started tap dancing, I was like, oh, <laughs> this is not what I expected. Yeah, I'm pretty sure like most people in Europe. Watching Eurovision in 1994 had the same reaction. Uh, but yeah, uh, then we uh, watched the 1985 contest, which is the furthest contest we ever saw thus far. What did you think about the 85 contest? I mean, it was. So 80s, like so 80s. I don't know why I'm shocked. I think maybe I always associated Eurovision with sounding a little bit earlier yeah. than it actually, the year it took place for a while. Um, although it, it definitely had some strong 70s vibes in some of the songs, um, including like, you know, the outro with like the flute <laughs> trilling and things like yeah. that. That feels very 70s, like dynasty stuff. <laughs> but um but yeah, there was a lot of things where I was like, oh, yeah, when I was little, these are the things I remember. <laughs> um, so it was, I mean, it was kind of interesting. This is actually, so I was born in 84. Yeah. So this is made <laughs> the year after I was born. So it was kind of interesting to see sort of that era of yeah. stuff. And the hair. Oh, the, the, those feathered locks. Like everyone had just the big, like, hair. Yeah, it was... And, 
queers. It was I was digging it. Like it's a throwback to that time specifically. You know, it, that's how you knew. That's how you knew it was the eighties. Yeah, it, I know. In my opinion, this this is one of my uh, favorite contests ever. But I did not know that like you have to get to the second half of eighty five to get to the good songs. Um, I mean, Hard disagree. Well, like <laughs> Finland and and uh, Denmark, you know, they're they're up de- uh, up tempo. Um, they're okay songs, but then like the other countries for before um, Germany were like meh. I mean, before Germany, yeah. I don't know. I sort of like lost interest. <laughs> Towards the end, maybe it's because there was, you know, like a lot of sort of generic ballads and yeah. things like that afterwards. Um, no, uh, like let's talk Luxembourg. What I don't know what that was. Like during the like ending of uh, Lux uh, Luxembourg song, it was like. Five songs into one, like each person, there were six people on stage, and like each person had a different song to sing at the end. Yeah, it's like the Frere Jacques thing. Yeah, <laughs> where was, they all sort of uh, overlap. Yeah, it was a like, uh, a a, a round. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, technically, it was interesting because I've never seen anything <laughs> like that done in a Eurovision act but it wasn't particularly effective by the end like the first time they sort of started around where it was like two different songs yeah. I was like okay it, like not the best but it's interesting that they're doing this and then when it kept increasing <laughs> I was like no this very much reminds me of summer camp yeah so I I have the uh, recap for all the all the songs but um, the winning song we have the remembering the uh, remembering the fallen segment of our podcast, which is going to be a staple in my in the podcast. So <laughs> get used to it. <laughs> Prepare yourself. Yeah. So again, it's all in order of like the first song you hear is last place, and um, also I don't have um, my voiceover guy did not. Uh, include uh, Austria in his uh, work. So when you hear a country or a song with no country before it, it's Austria. Um, it's going to be always. So uh, here's the uh, Remembering the Fallen segment. Remembering the Fallen. Belgium. Portugal. Greece. Cyprus. 
Turkey. Spain. Luxembourg. Switzerland. Denmark. Finland. contest we're missing the winner and we will talk about the winner soon um before we talk about the songs we we uh, liked um i should include this on the list but i didn't but um switzerland you know they got a uh, 12th place and that was the most 
80s song I heard so far in in the 80s era of Eurovision. Was that the uh, male-female duo? Yeah, uh, Piano Piano. Oh, yes. I don't know. I Listening to it, I thought it was a pretty forgettable song. <laughs> like, there are others where I pinpointed, like, this is the 80s I remember. Like, uh, Italy? Um, no. <laughs> we have different concepts of the 80s, I think. Like, specifically, I'm talking about, like, Finland and... There were more. <laughs> My notes. Germany. Yeah. I felt like it was classic 80s. Yeah. Uh, so those were the ones that I was like, yes. This is like 80s music at, at its most, like the epitome of that, what that was at the time, or what was popular in pop culture at the time. Don't forget uh, uh, Germany, because they uh, also show up in two other contests in the 80s. They got second place in this contest, and I think a couple of years later, they got second place again in the 80s. Then they went in to the like late 80s like in 90 yeah 1990 i think i think um and they got 16th place so they were just a 80s band so and i don't you know i i don't know how they they um lost because like you said um Germany's song was really 80s, but then when you hear the winner, you uh, you say, yeah. Yeah, it does make sense overall. I just, uh, the aesthetics and the overall feel of that song yeah. were just very, like, 80s rock. Yeah. The aesthetics especially, like, hit it hard <laughs> for me. Yeah. Because he had, like, that, like curly hair and like the all white almost a jumpsuit outfit it was very like yeah almost like michael jackson or prince type and, aesthetic and the uh staffing yes yeah <laughs> yeah that was pure uh 80s um so we uh go on first on the list is finland and i did not choose the song you chose the song so uh why did you choose this song? I mean, it was sort of like classic 80s rock song. I loved, like, it was the first one where it kind of had that synth come in <laughs> in the background music. It had that, like, he feathered hair, super distressed coat. Like, the aesthetic just really nailed what I remember about, like, musical acts of that yeah. time. Um, and it just, um, there are specific, like, soundtracks from 80s, like, anime and movies that the song just so reminded me of. So I was like, I'm just kind of, I was sitting there digging it, being like, I'm yeah. here for this. Uh, this is, like, classic 80s for me. So let's hear this. Uh, Finland, Clapping. Yes. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of clapping and snapping in this year. Yeah. Um, since you mentioned anime, I could just see the cur the uh, chorus being a uh, bow song. Right. Like, it's, 
Have you ever seen Bubblegum Crisis? No. Oh my god, this is so it. <laughs> Gonna have to look that up. You know, they got ninth place, um, top ten. You know, it's not bad, not good, but the jury's thought. I guess that's very. The uh, jury's thought that they were. It was a uh, okay song, um, better than um, Bozum, who got seven points. In the last place, and I can see how that um, Belgium got last place because that was a pretty boring song. Yeah, uh, compared to some of the others in the lineup, it felt kind of like. Eh. Yeah. Next song list, we have a uh, Turkey with die 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 die. It's die 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 die. Yeah. <laughs> I had to, when I was spelling it, I was like, all right, how do I make this a note? Yeah. D-Y-D-I. D-I-D. It's, it's... It's like, it's nothing that I would really necessarily define as a great song, but it is so dang catchy. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime it comes on, I find myself bopping a little. Yeah, like, there's, um, you know, the song... It's like um, tropical. Yeah, reggae almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know when reggae came on the like music scene, like if it was before, then they were pioneers. But it was after, then they were just following the trend. <laughs> um, I don't know. Also, also, I don't know how big a uh, reggae music is like in Turkey. Or was in Turkey in the 80s, so. I mean, it was around. <laughs> I would, there's, I can't remember any of the artists. But I specifically remember my parents were into a few artists that had reggae vibes in the <laughs> 80s. Yeah. So I think we're probably safe to say maybe they heard it there. So, but your parents not listen to a MFO? That's just the, 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 Band. Oh, no, they did not listen to MFO specifically. Oh, Turkey. You know, if they were to send more songs like that, I, I think, well, they're already a uh, fan favorite of um, Eurovision to uh, like get back into the contest but like I would be behind that if they send more songs like that yeah I mean it was sort of fun to listen to like the performers clearly were into it and yeah. they had their little coordinated dance with their matching outfits um, they had the, I mean, they had the uh, um, clapping hand movement too that's right yeah <laughs> Next on the list is uh, Denmark. Um, before you say anything about the for- the uh, performance, what do you think about the song? Uh, I mean, it's sort of that same kind of 80s rock nostalgic sound. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I noted was specifically, it r- reminded me similarly of like popular music in the 80s the same way Finland did. I would also like to note that the band's name is Hot Eyes. Yeah, um, 
took part in three contests. Really? Inclu- yeah, including this one. So, yeah. Wow. So, you will see them again. I have to keep my eyes out for hot eyes. Yep, yeah. You know, the song is on, on Wikipedia. It says, um, what business it, is it of yours? But I know um, on the video we watched, what they uh, said something else. They translated as, would you like to know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I sort of love, it's a little bit edgier when you're like, how is this your business? <laughs> And, yo, know, that would make sense since, since they uh, yelled at the kid. But, yeah, um, if you did not know, and I'm pretty sure you don't know because you don't know uh, Danish. Um, it's about uh, the singers um, describe a uh, chance a uh, encounter at a nightclub. And they desperately try to remember the, I- the ID of the person they have seen before. For realizing they used to play together as children. Is that why there was a child on stage? I don't know. Like, wouldn't there be two children then? Like, that would make more <laughs> sense. Or were they limited by the number of people they could have on stage? They're like, I guess we'll just have one. Bro. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, all I know is that um, the kid on stage was the daughter of the uh, male singer who also wrote the song. Okay. I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure it was a wise move. I found the like play acting of the kid <laughs> sort of distracting and annoying personally. Yeah. But I don't have as maybe a soft spot for kids as some people may. song when if you just hear it and yeah you don't you are not just um distracted by the kid yes i suppose so i i get sort of distracted by things that are happening on stage but just the song in itself is fine it didn't wind up being my favorite of the lot yeah by a long shot (laughs) but it was definitely something that i noted as being you know. Yeah. Maybe. Well, they got tenth. Uh, they they got tenth place. So or eleventh. Uh, let's say. Uh, yeah, they got eleventh place. So they're in the bottom third. Or yeah, something. yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought would just when I first heard that song that I thought that would place in like the top seven. Without seeing the performance or just in general, you just but what. Um, without singing the the uh, performance. Yeah, I mean, and I could just be like hyper focused on that. <laughs> I just, I despite the fact that they did have a separate part for yeah. the kid to sing, I felt like some of the choreography didn't match up. Granted, I don't know the language, <laughs> so I had no idea what they were singing about. So that could also be part of it. Is it just wasn't translating for me because I didn't speak? You know, the language. I should uh, like print out the lyrics and you. You uh, read like the chorus, as we did in previous episodes, uh, like the Unity Vision and the uh, Twenty Twenty. Um, so yeah, we might do that um, next time. Okay. <laughs> okay. Not uh, all of the songs. 
No, no, no. Like just like the ones we choose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of uh, children, um, how old do you think um, she was? The kid. Yeah. Nine or ten. Nine. Um, so that will never be repeated because children under the age of sixteen are not allowed on the Eurovision stage. When was that rule made? In 1990. Okay. So it was not a direct result of this performance. <laughs> it was a direct result of the E9 contest where, like, three children were the main performers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When did your junior Eurovision start? 2003. Okay. So it wasn't like there was a, like, separate marketing thing where, like, we, I guess we should have a children's No, marketing. yeah, yeah. Um, that's interesting, though. Yeah. Um, also, don't forget to uh, catch our junior Eurovision coverage, which uh, should start like in mid-September because I know uh, G- Germany is choosing their uh, their artists and their song in this, the 2nd of uh, September. So most of the songs are, are and artists are being fulfilled in September. So Hopefully they don't uh, cancel uh, Junior Eurovision this close because it's like two months away. I mean, it it would be a shame, but we you know, would, yeah, we, we had to go through the same thing with Eurovision. But that was like it's like I want you to be safe, but also yeah. I want this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that's like everyone's um, thought when uh, they. It's everyone's thought. Next, we have uh, Israel, and Israel in the in the has a uh, actually in yeah in the eighties uh, has has a rep a uh, rap of um sending up tempo songs, and so it's really weird to see um to see Is- uh, Israel in like now. Singing or sending like a ballad, it's because it's not Israel. Uh, Israel is a based on Eurovision. I can say um, that Israel is a party country. They like to party. <laughs> um, I mean, the songs that I've seen so far have seemed fairly upbeat. Yeah, yeah. On the once we watch Israel has only sent like two three ballads in the past like 20 years uh, 10 years so always count on um israel send a uh, up-tempo party song how good the uh, up-tempo party song is is it varies from year to year yeah yeah um but this year I'm so surprised that uh, Israel got a uh, fifth place. You thought it should have been one of the top ones. Yeah, I, I like top three, but yeah, I mean, it was it was a catchy like sort of classic '80s style yeah. song. Um, I did note like all of the dancers look like they're trying to compete to <laughs> do the most. Um, but yeah, I, it was definitely a catchy like song. I could I was sort of bop into it, you know. 
I, I, I told you to look at the uh, female uh, in uh, blue. blue. Did you see what happened to her microphone? No, I did not. Oh, so I don't know what happened. Uh, like it would if it was like not tied down correctly, but um, after she uh yelled at um, ole ole, so out of tune that uh, her mic just fell. It just abandoned ship. <laughs> it's like I can't let this be magnified. <laughs> then uh, she uh danced all the whole song with with uh, a a uh, microphone. Is that why, like, she stepped it up on the second half of the song, where she was the only one doing, like, super big arm swings? Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. She was like, I gotta contribute somehow. Because the microphone was, like, dangling all the way. Um, like, I could see her just doing the arm movements just to uh, hide her microphone. <laughs> um, like, like, the last... 30 seconds when they uh, like went back, she uh, hit the microphone. I don't know how, but she hit the microphone. Right, you're right. It seems like the uh, dancers are. Trying to be the most. Yeah, like they're just putting their all into that performance. And I, like, they're not really looking at each other, but I can just imagine them in practices just trying to one up each other in like how much they're giving to the perform, like to the dance. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. But yeah, I mean, it's a catchy song. Yeah. I definitely, it definitely should have been in the top third. I can see it being one of the top songs. Then we have. What I think should have been the winner, um, if Norway was in in there, uh, is is the host country Sweden. It, I don't know. This is my favorite Swedish entry, and also aside from watching the uh, national final like again and again, this song is. What makes me want to learn Swedish? It's weird. I don't know why, but like, what do you, did you think about uh, Sweden? I think it was a solid song. Like, it gave me strong oldies vibes. Yeah. Um, it, it had sort of that classic sound to it that I could see it, you know, being something that you could probably send as a song, like, any time, really. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely catchy. Um. I mean, in some ways, it wasn't as distinctive as some of the other songs, and I think that's probably why it didn't wind up as the winner. Yeah. Um, but definitely solid, for sure. You have to feel sorry for the uh, singer, because um, she uh, represented uh, Sweden, like, three times, I think. And she uh, also... She's a... Uh, National final um, uh, veteran because I know she had like one, two, three songs that were extremely popular with the Swedes, the uh, Swedish audience. 
but they got she got no further than like fifth place i think um and there's she uh all, yeah there was one song that was like really 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 popular with the uh swiss audience in 2006 but like i thought they were she was like one of the fan favorites to like go all, all the way but she got like just two points out of a uh, field like of eight or a ten yikes that's kind of a sad record yeah but like it's six, and like i know it sounded like it was from the 80s so okay i mean consistent yeah <laughs> but yeah i mean solid like good song yeah <laughs> Up we have, well, the winner. We have a, uh, I want to say a Sweden. We have Norway. Bobby song. Yeah. <laughs> let, let it swing. Um, it's a cult favorite. Um, like all the Eurovision fans like this, and in Norway, it's like you have to have it in their national final. Um, y- you know. When they asked you who won, I thought you weren't gonna remember. You weren't going to remember the song, but then you. Yes, I've I've either seen it in enough compilations uh, during Eurovision filler, or uh, maybe it appeared when we watched Norway's yeah uh, finals, national finals. But as soon as I heard it, I was like, "Winner?" Question mark. <laughs> Because it was the only song in this lineup that I recognized. I was like, that's a probably a pretty good indicator that something big happened with it. Yeah, just wait until we get into like 1963 or like 1982. Oh yeah, I have no idea if I'll know. It's always hit or miss with the older ones. Yeah. Um, and I can only rely on like my recall from things like in between performances or the making of documentaries to see if I know what I'm going to Yeah, like the winner. The popular songs that like all the Eurovision fans like know or like all the like other like TV shows that we, we watch like allude to um this they're always in the um the 80s like they like the 80s songs so you might know like you i know i know there's like two that you would not know unless i told you or i gave you a could be a, more a, a i don't know hint, a hint. <laughs> i mean it's hard to say like some things stay and some things just fall right out of not a swing and i'll rock and roll not a swing until we slip off always catchy yeah it's definitely one of those ones i you know i think i remember it actually being a part of a medley performance that they did at one of the eurovisions no it was the national final i'm pretty sure like norway in their national final if if they do a uh like mel 
a melody of like songs. It's this is always there. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it's it's got like a little bit of oldie jazzy vibes. It's got that sax kind of solo at towards the end. Yeah, that backup. Um, it's definitely upbeat uh, with a solid duet that they really complement each other. Yeah, it makes sense that this was the winner this year. I I love how like the host at the end was like, well, we're happy for you because Norway always gets like last place. Oh yeah. That was like a burn right there. You could tell she, like they didn't quite know what to say to that. Cause they're like, who, what do you think I am? Like, yeah. I uh, think the response was like, if you're excited, what do you think we are? Yeah. It's like, yeah, it was really interesting, but yeah, that was a low key burn right there. Yeah. I wasn't going to talk about this, but you know, you're 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 right. We have to talk about the the UK because in the eighties and like a- anything before like two thousand, like they were a powerhouse. They were always getting like top five, top ten. Um, so, what did you think about um, Vicky and Love Is? Um, I mean, it was sort of a saccharine kind of love ballad that you would hear. I have to say, as one of the only songs that was actually in English, because a lot of uh, countries opted to use their native languages. Well, they opted. They well, were required oh, to. Oh, that's true. Yes, that's right. That was the rules at this time. Um, so I zeroed in more on the lyrics than I might have otherwise. Um, I don't know. I was a little bit like... The performance is solid, but I'm kind of distracted by kind of how generic and weird the lyrics were <laughs> about love. I mean, if it was just the chorus, it probably would have been fine. But the... Uh, the is it it's not the chorus the other lyrics were basically a narrative of like the end of a first date (laughs) or it's like each of their perspectives on why they're acting and how and grabs her hand and she falls in love it was very it felt kind of odd and almost a little out of place with the rest of the lyrics but this could just be me obsessing over the fact that i could finally (laughs) understand something that's all. Because, uh, I mean, the actual performance and the, like, background music and everything was very, very, like, early 80s, kind of late 70s type of vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, there were only two English songs. So there was um, Love Is, and then there was uh, Wait Until the Weekend Comes. Oh, yeah. Was that the Island. first one? Yeah, there was the first one. Yeah. I... The only thing I really remember about that song was the fact that it was the first time I saw that, like, 80s glossy lip, where it's, like, inexplicably shiny. Yeah. Um, based on Ireland's song, like, I I know about that song. It's, like, the like the chorus, like, the first line of the song is the actual title of the song. Wait until the weekend comes. Um, yeah. Back on to you, to the UK because, you know, I love the UK. Um, <laughs> it, I think this, I think this is 
one of their weaker entries in the in the 80s. I have nothing to compare it to, really, that I can recall. So I'll be, be- better able to speak to that later, maybe. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it is... I mean, it felt like a solid stab at what the current, like, popular music was. Yeah, which is weird, because... That was the BBC doing that now, or then, but now they're not doing that now. Yeah, so, I mean, it was fine. I Like, I feel like it was a middle ground song, and I guess based on their performance around this time, <laughs> maybe not the best. But, but it, got, yeah. it got fourth place, so, like... Like, it still did okay, then. Yeah, I... You know, people will say it's only because they they only got fourth place and like I only like got in in the, to the top ten because they're in English, and all the 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 uh, juries know English, hmm. or it's assumed that the juries know English. I don't know how popular English was in the eighties, but in like how popular. Uh, English was in in the eighties in Europe. Um, I know like now it's like you have to learn English. So um, maybe there were people who just couldn't understand the yeah. lyrics back then. Yeah. I mean, I guess that makes sense, especially because you were more likely to learn the languages of the countries around you. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that was, so that was our uh, a brief view of the 85 contest. Um, also, oh, um, it's your first contest with the live orchestra. Yeah. How did you... Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah? Like, I know, like, I'm not sure if nowadays an orchestra would fit as well with just the way that music is produced and the backgrounds that people typically have, although there might be a handful who would really benefit from it. Um, but it was it was super interesting, especially the way they sort of like some came with their own conductors. Um, and they did have, it wasn't just like a classical orchestra because I did distinctly hear things like synthesizer and electric guitar and things like that. So it seemed like they were keeping up with what instruments were becoming popular. We're trying to. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhat. Uh, I wonder if you could at that time make a special request. So you're like, I need somebody to have a timpani or something. I'm pretty sure. A xylophone. Oh, yeah. No, I'm I'm pretty sure, like, the xylophone was, like, was in the couple songs in, like, the 70s. Yeah. But, like, as a a shot in time for the background music, like, this made a lot of sense to me. And it was kind of nice to hear a live performance. I mean, it, it's one of the things that makes, like, musical theater really enjoyable, yeah. too, is that there's, like, a live music going on. Um, and to sort of admire the coordination it takes for those musicians to, like, learn all of this music and then time it exactly right for these performers. Yeah. Are you in the in the uh, camp of that the need to bring the live orchestra back? Probably not, just because I'm not sure it would make sense um, from a production value. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it could be interesting if there could be an option to have either... Well, I guess now that they're doing... They can do recorded background music. It's not as significant. 
now yeah. to have that kind of live performance. Um, and it would interfere with the staging because there's a lot more performative, like, choreography than there was in the past. Yeah. So I, I would probably say no. It would just be super fun if there were songs that they could opt into something like that. Even if it was a small ensemble yeah. instead of a live orchestra, that could be kind of cool. Um, what did you think about the uh, the uh, camera work? Because, you know, if you go like into the 2010 or like seven or like anything past 2000, you know, they, they have the steady cam and all the dancers are like up front and not in like behind. Um, what did you think about the cam work? Seemed fine. There was nothing that really stuck out as like, oh, this is bad. Except for that one time when we realized that uh, the announcer just sort of stepped to a place where she would be mostly out of the way. <laughs> and I'm assuming the camera was supposed to be set up so that it wouldn't necessarily fall on her during performances. But um, like other than that, there was nothing like I didn't notice it being particularly shaky or weird angles or anything like yeah. that. It seems like they had like a solid setup for about three, four angles. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it it makes sense to me. It seemed fine. It is. It's really interesting now because we have so many different cameras including some moving, like some on trains and things like yeah. that, where you can get the actor where it's like panning and they're like looking at the camera with their finger outstretched, that type of thing. Um, but I, I don't know that it's ever been necessary to have like that kind of like sports event coverage. Yeah. Anything else you want to say about the 80s or like the old Eurovision? I mean... Somehow this felt a lot more modern or at least watchable than some of the 1990s <laughs> and early 2000s yeah. that I've seen. So I would definitely like recommend this year if you like are able to find it. Yeah, it's on it's on YouTube. So um, you just search uh, the 1985 with um, just the full show, and you you get. So many results. You get like ones with the British commentary, with the Danish commentary, with the uh, German commentary, and I think um, Spanish is around there somewhere. So you can get or um, no commentary. So um, whatever you choose, it's there. You if you don't want the official like updated um, quality, that's on that's on YouTube. Um, I know the uh, update quality is like hard to find because the EVU uh, took it down. So who knows? Um, but yeah, if you want to watch it, it's there. Just don't be a, a, a stop about the quality. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because it was, it's a old show. So like, don't expect like, what's it now? Like, 4K graphics. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some of the quality is pretty crummy. Even the sound. Yeah. But, I mean... It's watchable. That's, it's definitely watchable. That's um, all we ask. Just mm -hmm. be watchable. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so, that was... Yeah, that's our episode. Um, next, we're 
we're gonna stick with the eighties. So I think uh, eighty two is is our next one, unless I can find eighty or eighty one. Nice. Um, then we're just gonna go down the list um, until we reach reach the eighty five or the um, eighty nine. So then we'll go to like the nineteen sixty and nineteen sixty three. Um, who knows where we will be because um, Junior Division is starting soon. So, well, this stuff will keep the older stuff will keep. So we'll just having keep yeah. having fun with it when we have a free week. Yeah, uh, which well. And Junior Division has no like big national finals, so not, there's no. Um, we'll just get to it when all the songs come out. Or um, I know uh, uh, the Netherlands do a somewhat big national final. So, which once that gets going, we'll watch that one. But um, other countries, I. I know it's France and Spain don't do it. Yep. Uh, Wales dropped out. Gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, I mean... In the time of pandemic land. Yeah, I mean, I can see why they dropped out. But also I can see why they also dropped out. Because, like, the, the last two years were, like, they chose somewhat ca- crappy songs. So... Well, yeah, I mean, and there are countries, especially with junior year vision, where if they don't feel like they have a competitive song, yeah, they just no bout for the year. Yeah. So that could also be a contributing factor. If you've made it this far, uh, give us a follow on the social media. You can follow. Uh, you can follow us on on uh, on Twitter at uh, Song Dance Pod, or you can email us at Song Dance Pod at e- gmail.com um that so that was uh, i'm not i'm just gonna stop talking because i know i can go on a rant and no there's no like true uh uk rants so um (laughs) i mean you do tend to make time for your uk rants but we can leave it at that for this year it was a okay song you know i think it was their one of their weaker entries in that decade so that's the gist of that okay um so so uh see ya uh we will you will hear us next time in like two weeks have something to say or have ideas for the show tweet at song dance pod or email songdancepod at gmail.com. Let us know how we are doing. You can subscribe to the Song and Dance Podcast on the podcast app of your choice. Leave a review and please subscribe. <laughs>